Joshua chapter 5 today. They gave me, the youth said, they gave me a few minutes to speak today uh, as a part of their service, so I appreciate it. And I want to talk about what uh, Clay and Nathan were up here. They kind of gave me a good uh, transition to talking about transitions. So I want to talk about that today, about how to stay following God in the midst of transitions. Let me start um, with what is an old and maybe not that great of a joke, but it uh, really sets the tone for and gives you an idea of the topic today. So two guys sitting in a tavern, talking to one another, sitting beside each other. One guy says to the other guy, uh, man, you look familiar. Feel like we might know each other. Uh, you know, where are you from? And uh, the guy says, Oh, I'm from uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. And the guy says, Get out. I'm, I'm from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Where, where'd you go to school? We look about, you know, maybe we're about the same age. Where'd you go to school? He said, Oh, he said, I graduated in 66 from Eisenhower High School. You're kidding. I graduated in 66 from Eisenhower High School. He says, That's amazing. He said, Now, what? Uh, you know, where'd, where'd you live in Grand Rapids, Michigan? He said, oh, I lived on Maple Street. I lived on Maple Street in Grand Rapids, Michigan. This is incredible. He said, uh, oh, yeah? He said, I lived at number 29 Maple Street. See, you know, I lived at 29 Maple Street in Grand Rapids, Michigan. This is incredible. This is amazing. And about then, the phone rings, and uh, the bartender answers the phone, and it's his wife. He says, honey, how's it going today? He says, oh, it's kind of a slow day. It's just the Johnson twins, and they're drunk again. Um, that's a bad joke. Some of you are just getting it. Here's why I say that. Because sometimes you forget who you are. Sometimes in life, when you are walking through life, there are times where you and I will be tempted to forget who we are. To forget really the important things about who we are. And I really want to talk this morning because one of the times that you and I can forget some of the most important things and forget who we are is in times of transition. And these students, whether you know it or not, are going through some of the most transitions you will ever go through in such a short period of your life. When you think about it. You go from being in elementary school, as uh, Nathan talked about on that video, you know, you go to that nice you can kids' church in elementary school, everything's fun, everything's good, you know, for the girls, boys have cooties, for the boys, girls are gross, and you know, you just, you know, everything's clear, and then all of a sudden you jump into middle school. And middle school transition, like everything starts to change. Bodies start to change. Relationships start to change. Uh, I have a, I'm a parent of a middle schooler right now, and I am reminded a little bit what middle school is like. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I'm not in middle school anymore. Uh, because you remember the awkwardness and everything. And it's just what it is. It's just that time of life. And then you're going from middle school, then you're going to transition into high school, and then you're going to drive, and then, and then you're going to transition, start thinking about college, and you're getting older, and then you start getting into interested in boys and girls and dating and you're trying to navigate all this and go to college and all of these transitions in like eight years of time that some of the biggest ones, some of the biggest decisions and things you're going to go through in life and you're going through them at a very young time and a very important time. And the question I want to talk about is how do you maintain who you are? How do you maintain your relationship with God through all the transitions in life? 
Because it's not just these young people, because you who are here who are already graduated high school, college, maybe you've gone on a little bit, you're still going through transitions in life. You transition from one job to another. You change from one house to another. You move from one town to another. You move from working to retirement. You move, um, maybe you get sick and you're going through that season of life. You have different things going on in your life. And every time we go through a transition, there can be a danger of forgetting who we are and losing what's most important. And so I want to talk to you this morning just for a few minutes about how do you maintain your faith? How do you maintain who you are when you're going through times of transition? And as we come to Joshua chapter 5, we've been walking through the book of Joshua together and uh, on Sunday mornings. As we come to Joshua chapter 5, we find that they are in a time, the people of God, the people of Israel as we've been talking about, they're in a time of transition. They're moving from one place to another. And how many of you know when you move from one place to another, you can sometimes forget something important? How many of you ever travel? You go on a plane, right? And you're, you are afraid that when you go, and you go, you're going to forget something important. I think my wife wants to slap me every time we travel, and I ask her 30 times, do you have your ID? Do you have your ID? Do you have your ID? Do you have your phone? Do you have your ID? Everything else is optional. Like, I just need you to be able to get on that plane. You know, just don't forget something important. But when we're going through moving from one place to another, you can forget something important. I know this because car makers are now talking about putting a sensor alerts in a car that are built in so the back seat of the car will alert you that there is a child in the back seat of the car. Because there are parents who will walk away from their car and forget that there's a child in the back seat of their car. So now they're coming up with sensors that will alert your phone. Hey, go back. You forgot your kid in your car. Because when you are moving from one place or another, when you're distracted, you can forget something important. So God's people are, are, as we talked about, they're in this transition place. And here's the transition. They have just crossed the Jordan River. Pastor Marvin talked about that last week. If you didn't hear his message, listen to the podcast. Great message. He, they just crossed the Jordan River last week. Um, well, we talked about it last week. They crossed it thousands of years ago. But they just crossed the Jordan River. And then they're going into the city of Jericho, the land that God has promised them, where God had, has made a covenant with their ancestors. That's where they're going. And you would think, oh, it's a straight line between two points. We're going to go from the Jordan River straight to Jericho. And you would think that even more after hearing verse 1 of chapter 5, which says this. Joshua chapter 5, verse 1. As soon as all the kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan to the west, and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan for the people of Israel until they had crossed over, their hearts melted and there was no longer any spirit in them because of the people of Israel. So here's what happened. Here's the situation. God brought them across the Jordan River, stopped the water. God stopped the river, let his people walk across, and then the river resumed. Well, these people over here in Jericho heard about that and they said, if they have a God that stops the river and lets them walk through, what hope do we have against that kind of God? Against the, so they are disheartened. They're, they're like, we're done. You know, this is over. We're, this is over before it starts. If they got that kind of God, it's got that kind of power. So you would think that now the people are like, hey, 
Let's get on our camels. Let's get on our horses. Let's go. Let's, let's just go fight this battle. We got it won. But in between chapter 4 of the Jordan River and chapter 6 of Jericho, chapter 5, God hits the pause button. He doesn't take them directly over there. He hits the pause button. Before they go from the Jordan to Jericho, before they make that move and transition, he hits the pause button and there are three things that he tells that that happen in this chapter and chapter 5 that I think are important because here's what God knew. God knew that when they moved into a new place, that there was going to be a temptation and they were going to be susceptible to forgetting who they were. That they were going to be susceptible to losing their identity and what's important. So he does three things. The first thing, chapter 5, verse 2, he tells Joshua, At the time the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the sons of Israel a second time. All right. So circumcision is usually something that's talked about in delivery rooms when you've just given birth to a boy and the doctor's asking if you want to have a medical procedure. I understand that. That's when it's usually talked about. But in the Israelites' time, uh, this was a sign that God had given his people of his covenant with them. A sign of a covenant was something that was visible and it was, uh, it was important. It was severe. I mean, this sign of the covenant, circumcision, which was not unusual in their time period uh, as a sign, it was a sign of a covenant that they belonged to God, that they were God's people. It was visible and it was serious. You were all in. Um, and this was the sign that God gave for his covenant. And so what had happened is the people that came out of Egypt, they had engaged in that sign already, but these are their children. These are the next generation. They hadn't yet done that. And God said, look, before you go into the promised land, you need to reaffirm your covenant with me through the sign of the covenant, which was circumcision. And he said, you need to reaffirm this because you need to stand out. You need to be distinct. You need to remember who you are because when you go here, there's gonna be a danger that you're gonna forget who you are. And so you need to stand out. And so he reaffirms the covenant. That's the first thing. He gives him the sign. Remember whose you are. Second thing that happens down in verse 10. It says, while the people of Israel were encamped at Gilgal, they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month in the evening on the plains of Jericho. And the day after the Passover on that very day, they ate of the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain. And the manna ceased the day after they ate the produce of the land. And there was no longer manna for the people of Israel, but they ate of the fruit of the land of Canaan that year. So the next thing that happens, God's hitting the pause button. Don't go yet. Slow down. First thing, got to reaffirm the covenant. Remember whose you are. Remember who you belong to. Second thing, they celebrate the Passover feast. Well, what's that? Passover feast is a reminder that God had delivered them out of Egypt. Passover feast was a reminder that it wasn't their own strength, wasn't their own power. So when they go and fight this battle, it's a reminder of saying, you're not fighting it. God is the one that fights your battle for you. God is the one that actually wins the victory. And he's not worried about winning this victory. What he's really concerned about is what kind of people will you be on the other side of the battle? See, so often we're so concerned about, oh man, I got this thing in front of me. I got this test, I got this battle, I got this relationship, I got this. You know, we are so concerned about the circumstance. God isn't concerned about the circumstances. 
He's got enough power. He's, he's got enough power. He's not worried about that. What he's concerned about is what kind of people are you going to be on the other side of the battle? Win or lose? What kind of people are you going to be on the other side? Will you be people that stay faithful to God? And so he reminds them with the Passover, they're reminded that God is the one who fights the battles. God is the one who's in control. And then there's a third thing that happens. And here's a unique aspect of, of something that happens. The third thing that happens is Joshua, as the, as the military leader, is confronted. And Joshua was by Jericho, it says. So we can assume he was doing maybe some scouting. He was going around the city. He was looking at what they were up against. He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And so think about this. You're Joshua, and you're out preparing for battle. And so you're trying to not get seen. You're trying to be a little hidden. And all of a sudden, you see a man in front of you with a drawn sword. And so what's your question? In that moment, you have one question. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, was a man before him with his drawn sword. And Joshua asked the question to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? So are you on our side? Are you on their side? Should I fear you or not? Are you foe or are you friend? Because there's two sides here. That's all I see. Are you for us or are you against us? My side or their side? Because one, I'm bracing myself for battle. Are you for us or are you against us? And the answer that this man gives to Joshua's question is a simple no. 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 Are you for us or are you for our adversaries? He says no. That's not really the answer to a question, is it? That's not really the question he's asking. But here's why he says no, because Joshua is asking the wrong question. Joshua is asking the wrong question. It goes on to this, no, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, what does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take off your sandals from your feet. For the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. Here's the thing. Joshua wanted to know, are you on our side? Or are you on their side? This was the only perspective he had. You're with me or you're against me. And sometimes we're like this in life too. We get into situations and we want to know who's on our side. You post something online. Who liked it? Who didn't like it? Who's with me? Who's not with me? Who's watching? Who's not watching? Party gets thrown. Who's invited? Who's not invited? Who gets to come? Who's in? Who's out? Who's with me? Who's for me? Who's not for me? Get into a college. You didn't get into a college. You applied for a job. You got it. You didn't get it. You applied for a promotion. You got it. You didn't get it. Who's with me? Who's not with me? Who's on my side? You're in a relationship and, you know, all of a sudden people start taking sides. You break up and who's taking sides? Who's with me? Who's with them? You for me or you for my adversary? Because there's only two sides I see. The commander of the Ward's army said no. And he says no because you're asking the wrong question. It isn't who's on your side, Joshua. It's are you on God's side is the real question. 
because this is the commander of the Lord's army. And he's, he, and, and the interesting thing is, everyone would say to Joshua, you're the commander of the Lord's army. No, he's not. He's just a servant. He's just a servant. The question isn't who's on your side and who's with you or who's against you. The question is, are you on God's side? And so here's the thing. When you go through transitions, there's these two things. There's these two points. When you go through a transition, how do you stay faithful? How do you stay faithful? Two points. One is remember who you are by remembering whose you are. Remember who you are by remembering whose you are. You just sang a song. You guys just led us in a great song about the price that God paid for us and how valuable we are to God. Remember whose you are. Some of you might wonder, why do we, why do we go to church every Sunday? I mean, you guys don't know that. You guys are awake and ready to go to church every Sunday morning and you're excited and, and you're dragging your parents out the door. I know. For other kids though, some kids, it's a little harder to, to go to church and they might say, why are we going to church every Sunday? Let me tell you why we go to church every Sunday. Let me tell you why we gather. Because we're forgetful people. Because we're forgetful people. And one of the reasons we gather is because every time we gather as a church, we remember whose we are. We remember how much God loves us and how much we're called to love him in worshiping him. We remember our identity. In two weeks on Easter Sunday, when where you're sitting, instead there'll be a communion table, we get, gather around that regularly to remember who God is, what he's done. Because I need that reminder. I need that reminder. Just like you guys are talking about in that video, you know, every Wednesday night, it's like that refreshing oasis because you need that reminder. You need that break of saying, don't forget who you are. Don't forget who God, no matter what everyone else around you tells you, no matter what's posted online, tries to, don't forget whose you are, who the creator says that you are, that you're valuable and loved, that he died for you. That you've got people around you here in this room that support you and love you. That you are not out on your own. That you are not on this path on your own. Don't forget who you are. Remember who you are by remembering whose you are. The second thing is before you go into the transition, decide whose side you're on. Before you go in, you go from middle school to high school and everything's exciting and you're thinking, you go, how am I going to do this? Everything's, what's going to go on? What's going to happen? Decide whose side you're, decide to be on God's side. Decide to be on God's side before the transition. Before you go to college and you're thinking about what's going to, just decide, I'm going to go there. I'm going to find some, uh, I'm going to find some other believers. I'm going to pray that God will bring around me other believers. Bring people beside me that'll help me walk with him. Because here's, a, here's one of the reasons why. Pastor Rick Warren said this. He said that the times that people are often, people are most open to the gospel in times of transition and tragedy. People are most open to the gospel in times of transition and tragedy. And I think that's true. I've seen that a lot in people's lives. Maybe you've seen it too. But I say that because I think sometimes the converse can be true too. That if you are not prepared for a transition or a tragedy, if you have not decided whose side you're on before the transition or the tragedy, you may become susceptible to forgetting those things that are most important to you, forgetting how much God loves you, forgetting who you are in God. So you gotta decide before the transition 
You got to decide before going in. This is who I am. No matter what. No matter what comes, no matter who's on my side, no matter who's not on my side, this is who I am. This is who I am. And so remember who you are by remembering whose you are. And then to also remember and to affirm whose side you are on, even before going into a transition. I'm going to ask James to come up for a minute or two, and we're going to close out and respond to God's word together this morning. Um, and as he comes, I'll also ask uh, those of you students who are going to lead the last song, would you come up to you now and, and help us uh, and get in place for that last song we're going to sing as a response to God's word. And uh, I've asked James to come for a couple reasons. One is I, wanted, I want you to want to uh, thank him, first of all, putting this morning's service together. Oh, thanks. thanks for doing that. Appreciate that. And want you, to, you know, James, you're with uh, Wednesday nights, middle scores, high scores, these guys. You're with these guys on a regular basis. So you're talking with them. Uh, a lot of the parents are aware, but maybe some that aren't parents. You know, the transitions, middle scores, high scores, how important it is uh, staying faithful to God and just some of what you're seeing um, and your experience as well with them, if you want to share yeah. a little bit about that. So for me, in, in, in my experience, I think where the passion for the youth comes from is as a 14, 15, 16-year-old guy and all the insecurities that come along with that transition from middle to high school and just kind of trying to find my place, I so badly wanted um, some mentor to come alongside me and pursue me and love me because I wasn't about to go out and, and search for anyone. So that's what we tried to do here. Uh, in this youth group is just really uh, search these guys out where they're at, love them, just come alongside them with whatever struggles that they're going through, just be a friend to them, and ultimately show them that even though this can be one of the most insecure times of life, you are loved, and not only loved by us, but loved by a creator who created you and and loves you. And so seeing seeing their life transformed through that, and then being able to have everything else in their life flow out through their identity in Christ has just been um, a really fun time for us. And I guess one quick thing just that I've seen personally, and Matthew, sorry to put you on blast like this, but um, I met Matthew in sixth or seventh grade, and I remember taking, um, going to Berea, one of the trips a couple years back, and he was just off the wall, energy, and uh, having a tough time getting him to listen. And like, I'm, he almost didn't come back. <laughs> and um, just seeing the transition from that young man to the man of God that I've seen him become over the past couple of years, where uh, he is eager to learn, eager to jump in the word, eager to um, listen and be respectful to his mother. We're still working on that <laughs> sanctification process. And um, it's just been so fun to see. And so those are the examples um, that are just such a blessing. And it rem reminds us of, of why we do what we do. Cool. Real quick, uh, places where, what's going on with youth ministry at Mount Hope? Where do you go? Yeah, so for those of you that don't come out, uh, we meet on Wednesday nights, every Wednesday night, 6.30 to 8 o'clock. So if you have a 6th through 12th grader, um, and maybe they, even, they either haven't come out, or maybe they're shy and just... Uh, feel a little pressure to get involved. We do our best to make that an easy process and um, just make it 
not so much of a big deal. I know it can be tough sometimes to walk into a big room and meet a bunch of new people. Uh, we really do try our best to make that process smooth uh, and just have a lot of fun doing it. So more, than, we would love to have you come out um, Wednesday nights, 6.30 to 8 o'clock. Friday nights, we're doing uh, the middle schoolers. We meet um, in the FLC at 7 o'clock. And then some upcoming events that we have as well. We're uh, going to Puerto Rico in June. So you've heard that. We had a really cool fundraiser uh, a couple weeks ago and, or a week ago. And thank you so much for those who came out and supported. Uh, it was so much fun. And so that's June 24th through the 29th. June 24th through the 29th. We have some information out there in the lobby afterwards. Um, and then also, last thing would be fine arts. So we, uh, fine arts is a competition where students from all over the area come and uh, compete. Uh, in music and in written things and spoken words and all kinds of cool things. So that's April 20th through the 21st. Uh, we go down to Rhode Island for that, and it's always been a, f a fun time. So, and as you, these kids are just so talented, and so be able to see their talents on display is just amazing. So, um, and then I would say just as we close, and we close in song, please come up uh, to, as, to the altars and as we uh, close in a song. Pray for our students. Pray that God. Um, ignites uh, a fire inside of them and just reveals himself to, to them more and more. And um, don't be afraid to pray for our students. That's what I would say. Thanks, James. Yep. Appreciate it. We're going to close. We always use this time as part of our service to respond to the word of God. That's what we use this for. And so this, this morning as we respond to this word and um, our students lead us in this song, Come to the Altar. Now, I've said this before, an altar, you read through scripture or read even history, an altar was a, it's always a place of sacrifice. Uh, and as you read through uh, history, it's a place where animals were sacrificed, always a place of sacrifice. And we call this an altar. It's not a place of dead sacrifices. It's a place where the Bible tells us that we are called to be a living sacrifice. And so we come to the altar to offer ourselves to God once again. And look, I know, I know my theology. I understand God's omnipresent. I understand God's as much in your seat as he is here in the altar as he is in your bedroom at home or your closet or your car. I understand all that. But I will also say that there are places and times I think where God particularly meets us when we make ourselves available to him. The um, passage we just read ended with the commander of the Lord's army saying, take off your sandals. You're on holy ground. It was holy ground before he said that, and it's always it was holy ground. But but there's a special place that's going on. That's that's in this moment. There's a place. How many of you that are here, older, can remember Sunday evening services, staying, spending time at the altar? Some of the older crowd here, yeah, remember some of those. I remember those. Now I. I those of you that know my story, you know I grew up in this building, in this church, and I remember spending time at these altars, Sunday nights, praying and asking God to speak to me as a young person, uh, asking God to lead me, to keep me, to guide me. And I also remember those being some of the most impactful times and places in my life. I don't know why. I know God's in the chair as much as he is here. I know God's at my home, but I just know that there are times where I've knelt at an altar I've taken that time to, 
to remember who God is, to remember who I am, but remember whose I am. Say, God, I'm, I'm yours. You created me. God, I haven't lived this week perfectly. God, this week hasn't, you know, there's things I've done I wish I hadn't. I ask you to forgive me of those. God, there's things I wish I would have done that I didn't. Lord, would you forgive me of those? And then to say, God, I'm with you, to affirm that, to stand and say, God, I am on your side and I am with you. Taking time to do that and then hearing God's voice speak to me. I don't know that I've ever heard the audible voice of God for myself, but I have no doubt heard God clearly speak and lead me in my life and in my heart. And a lot of those times happen at an altar. And, uh, and so as, we, as they sing this song, I invite anyone who wants to, you know, the young people especially, the youth especially, but anyone who wants to, to come and respond to God's word, to remember whose you are. Come and kneel at this altar. Come and kneel in God's presence. Remember whose you are and to affirm that, God, I'm with you. doesn't matter who's on my side. doesn't matter who's not on my side. What really matters, God, is I want you to know that I'm on your side. And just affirm that to him. And so we take time to do that. You know, as what, you that are youth here, we don't want this to be your parents' church. We want this to be your church where you come and you hear from God. And those of you that are a little older than youth or students, that this would be a place that's your church where you come and you encounter and you hear from God and you set an example for what it is to follow and to hear from God. Would you stand? And I'm going to pray. They're going to sing. We're going to open up these altars for you to take a few minutes to just pray. Seek God's face. Listen to what he has to say to you. Lord, would you lead us? God, as we have heard your word, God, would you help us, those of us in this room, God, who follow Jesus Christ, would you remind us, Lord, whose we are? Would you, Lord, help us to take our stand with you? Because, God, it's easy in this room. God, it's outside of this room where the real challenges come. So if we can't be bold here, how can we be bold anywhere, Lord? So God, would you help us to do that? Would you help us to stand with you? God, open our ears and our hearts to hear from you as you speak. And speak to us, Lord, as we lay ourselves on the altar, our lives for you, because you have given yours for us. In Jesus' name.